0: Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome Tell us out Yes sir, it's a special week, it's a holiday week here At Trash Can Studios It's Michigan week! That's right, this is the week This is the annual massacre Of those Wolverines from Michigan Yo, let me stop. <laughs> I'm talking crazy trash about this game. I'm super confident about this game, but I'm... all Man, if, if for some reason, the universe decides to torture me and only me. Listen, Ohio State fans, I take full responsibility. Right? If something bad happens, it's my fault. Put it on me. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to puff my chest out. All right? Let me intro this thing, man. I'm getting too excited. I'm getting too carried away. like to... Welcome to Cyber Family. Back to the show. If it's your first time, welcome. This is sometimes I'd be right. I am your host, John Ferris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host Wally. Say what's up, Wally. Uh-huh. It's a little chilly today in Trash Can Studios. Got the little heater going. Listen, uh, it's Thanksgiving this week in the U.S. I know I got some listeners overseas, but here in the U.S., uh, it is Thanksgiving. So I'm recording on a Monday, never done this before, recording on a Monday, I want to make sure I can get an episode to you guys this week, no weeks off, right? so we just adjust a little bit, so that's what we're doing today, but it's kind of cool, because I feel like things just happened, like for example, last night, uh, I was watching the Steelers-Chargers game and watching my guy Justin Herbert, listen man, that guy, the guy is legit. Man, like, I said in, what, week two, week three, maybe, that I thought he was the best quarterback in the NFL, right? And I hate, listen, I hate when people make statements like that, and then, like, the guy kind of doesn't do anything crazy for a couple weeks, and nobody really, you just don't talk about it. (laughs) You just pretend, like, yeah, I said it, but, like, don't worry about it. And then he has a great game, and everybody comes out the woodwork talking about, yo, remember when I told you he was the best in the league? I'm not that guy, right? So so basically, take you behind the scenes. Each week, I go, so I record on a Wednesday. So starting Wednesday of every week, I start day by day piecing together the show. If something comes up, if I hear something, see something, read something, I take a little note. I start to formulate my opinions, my feelings on that topic, and I kind of write it in the show notes. And I go day by day throughout the week until I get to the following Tuesday. And then I cut it off and say, all right, this is the show. And then the next Wednesday, I go and I record it. And sometimes, like, I don't, I feel like I shouldn't harp on the same thing every week. I shouldn't come in every week and talk about something I said. You know what I mean? So Justin Herbert being the best in the league, I still believe it. I've believed it every week since. I don't think a good game or a bad game proves or disproves that. I feel like the total body of work will show you. Right? So if you watch the game, right? If you watch him play, just listen to what the announcers are saying. Listen to the praise that he's receiving. It's not just me. Use your eyeballs. Right, I know that we always want to be like, "Oh, uh, what has he done? What has he won? Nothing yet, year two, right?" But you could see it. You could see it. His his whole demeanor, a one. I wanted I wanted to rank. I wanted to rank. Uh, to 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 display my rankings of quarterbacks, my tiers, if you will. I didn't get around to doing it. <laughs> we recorded early this week, so like the time it would take to really go in, think about, it, and piece it together, like I kind of I figured, you know what? Let's save that for a different show, right? We got it. We got enough to talk about. We don't we don't need to add anything into it. So listen, I'm not gonna keep you long today. I understand a lot of you will probably got family obligations, things you need to do. You might not even be listening to this on Thursday. You might be sitting down watching football, eating that turkey. let me tell you something me and my wife were talking a little bit last night do you have to have turkey on thanksgiving like i know it's a tradition right but prices are outrageous they charging crazy prices at the grocery stores now for like these turkeys it's like a hundred dollars for like a five pound turkey to me that just don't seem worth it i don't know anybody outside of me listen i i love turkey i like eating it I like it on Thanksgiving. I like it outside of Thanksgiving. I love leftovers. Like, that's me. I'm a turkey guy. Everyone I talk to says turkey is terrible. They say turkey's dry. It's nasty. It's the worst part of Thanksgiving. What? <laughs> so for me, I'm like, all right, if nobody really wants turkey, can't we just get chicken? <laughs> can't we just buy a couple already made rotisserie chickens, slice them up, put them on a plate, and then serve it? Why am I putting on my oven? Getting my house all hot, right? For some turkey that nobody really wants. I don't know. Y'all let me know. Listen, me. If if it's my choice, make the turkey. If I'm hosting, y'all getting rotisserie chickens. <laughs> I might not even tell y'all that it's chicken. I might just pretend as if it's turkey. And I might I might be the first one to make the comment like, Yo, is it just me or does this turkey taste a lot like chicken? Huh? I'm like, damn, babe, you hooked it up this year. <laughs> anyway, let me get back on track. Man, listen. Like I said, I'm not gonna keep y'all long this week. We're gonna get in and out. Uh I'm trying to think of where to start. Let me just let me just go through my notes. I'll I'll go through my notes the way it's listed. Look, the first thing that, that popped up to me in the last couple days was um the Thursday night game was the uh, it was the Patriots and Falcons, and it was the Mac Jones was playing, and the conversation started becoming. They're starting the the praise train is is getting into full gear for Mac Jones, right? And me, I'm a natural like um, contrarian, so like wh- wherever the the masses are going, I kind of pause for a second before I join the crowd, and I I, I ask a question. I look around. Let me make sure. Now, that's when it comes to sports, music, movies, all that stuff. In real life, if I'm at the store and there's a group of people running, I ain't asking questions. I'm going to. (laughs) But in sports-wise, in this one, I'm going to ask a question. If everybody says, Mac Jones is great, Mac Jones is great, Mac Jones is playing really well. He's playing great. My first question is, is he? Is he playing great? Or is the team just having success? So we assume, because as I've said before, so much of success and failure of an individual player, so much of good or bad, is based on the team's success. A quarterback who's having a good season will be considered, oh, he's having a great year because the team is 7-1. and one. But if that same team was... I don't know, 1-7, and that quarterback had the same numbers, they wouldn't say, he's having a great year, but, you know, the team's just not winning. They would He's having a down year. Like, countless examples of that. So many, in fact, I won't even give you one. <laughs> so I had to ask the question, is he really playing well? Is he doing a really good job? Or is, is it just that the team is doing well? So when I went in and I looked... I said, hey, let me take a look at this. Let me take a look at this. And Mac Jones for the season is completing 70%. That's really good. That's really good, especially as a rookie. He's got 2,500 yards, uh, 14 touchdowns, 8 picks, a QB rating of 94.7. Now, all of those numbers at this point in the season after about 9, 10 games, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good year for anybody, right? If you add in, let's say, Ten more touchdowns, right? He'll end up with twenty-four touchdowns if you add in three more picks, eleven picks, Like, yeah, like that's that's a that's a good year. It's a solid year, and for a rookie, when you put on top of the icing, what, what am I talking about? When you put <laughs> when you put on top that he's a rookie, it makes you realize, like, oh, okay, like yeah, he's playing really well as a rookie. So it's not just the team is having success; he's actually having success himself individually. Now, that got me to thinking, because again, remember, natural contrarian, always first thought is to take a step back from the consensus, think outside the box. So is, what, what is everyone else doing? What are the other rookies doing? So there was four major quarterbacks that were, that were in this draft. It was Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. So I decided, let me, get, let me get a little feel on what everybody else is doing. Now, Trey Lance is the one who's played the least. I think he's played like two games. But in those games, he's got a 52% completion percentage, a total of 354 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, and a QB rating of 86.4. It's not good. But if that were a game, right, if that were his first game, we would all kind of be like, all right, there might be something there. So Trey Lance, you get, you get a pass. You've, you've barely played... You went into the situation where they kind of had Garoppolo. They're paying him a lot. They want you to kind of, you needed the most work. You were the most raw prospect. So you get a pass. That's fine. That's fair. Justin Fields, who was my number one guy, who I felt was the best in the class, is currently uh, at 58% completion, 1,300 yards, four touchdowns, eight picks, and a QB rating of 69. Yikes. (laughs) He's uh, He's had flashes, right? Now, again, last week I told you guys I'm not going to be overly critical on any of these rookies because they are rookies. It is going to take a little time. Everyone deserves a year or two before you make a final judgment on them. So what I'm really looking for is do you have moments that show, oh, you're the guy? Now, Justin Fields... Um, Has a ton of pressure because they went to Chicago and the fan base was screaming for him to play. The media was screaming for him to play. Andy Dalton needs to get benched, put in Justin Fields, rip the bandaid off, let him get in there. And so there was like a huge swell of support. And I think sometimes he kind of plays like he has to carry things. And as a rookie, man, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Trust, trust your coaching, trust the directions you're getting. Trust all that. Do, it, do its ass if you don't try to do too much. You're going to get yourself in trouble. And I think that's what's happened with him. I think he's got himself in a little bit of trouble. Because I think he feels like he's really elite. And I think he knows what he can do. But he's just like, I'm trying to think of a way to compare it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to blame. Listen, it's Monday morning, y'all. I don't never record on Monday morning. Feels Feels interesting. Feels weird. I'm trying not to rush through, but I'm trying not to take up all your time either. I know y'all busy. Anyway, Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one overall pick, is completing 58%, 2,100 yards, eight touchdowns, nine picks, 72.8 rating. Ouch. That's also not very good, but he gets the benefit of playing for Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville historically just has a reputation for being garbage. I would say those numbers have to be a little disappointing, right? This guy was talked about as the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck, which was 2012, which isn't that long. Who was the best prospect since John Elway. So, in effect, <laughs> you're saying he's one of the best prospects since John Elway. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, in my opinion, I would expect him to be a little better. Now, Mac Jones' numbers are kind of insane, but I do credit a lot of that to being in in New England, an established culture, an established franchise, best head coach of all time, strong, strong, creative, smart offensive coordinator and Josh McDaniels. So you kind of have a good structure there. Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville where your talent is a little eh. And then you also have a brand new coaching staff, a head coach who's never coached in the NFL. So you got a lot more factors there. So, yeah, you get a pass, but those numbers are still kind of weak, right? I don't know. So I started playing, imagine if, like, do I think these other guys will be playing just as well as Mac Jones if they were in New England? No. So I say all that to say I do agree Mac Jones is playing well. And I do agree that Mac Jones, he's not the best. He's not the best quarterback. I still think Justin Fields is the best quarterback of the group. But like I said before, Mac Jones is the perfect quarterback for that team. That's exactly what they want, and he could do this his entire career, and they'll win games much like they are now, and to be honest with you, they'll probably win championships. He doesn't have to do anything more. He just has to be consistent, and he has to do exactly what they're asking him to do, and he's perfect for that. His skill set fits perfectly into what they want and need out of their quarterback, and what an amazing thing, man. What an amazing reality and he's got to be so happy, to just be in the perfect spot for his talent. Imagine if he had gone to Chicago, nah, it, w- it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same, because he would be asked to do a lot more than what he's capable of, and it wouldn't be a good fit. Fit is everything. Fit is everything. It's so it's so crazy, but yeah, yeah, he's playing well. <laughs> <laughs> we starting off hot today. Yo, can I tell you guys? I got exposed, man. I got exposed this week. I I predicted that Jared Golf would beat Baker Mayfield. Uh, and then right after I recorded, uh, it came out that that Golf was for sure not gonna play. Uh, and when I say I got exposed, I mean I I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't research it. I saw that golf was questionable, and I said questionable in the NFL just means, yeah, I'm going to play. So I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't look into it. I didn't check what the injury was, how serious it was, what are the, you know. I would have never picked that game without Jared Goff. I don't even know who they put in there. Some dude I never heard of. Right? But, but, sometimes I'd be right. In this case, I was wrong. (laughs) They ended up they ended up losing to the Baker Mayfield led Browns. But the Browns won 13 to 10. Huh? To so a winless team that didn't even have their starting quarterback. Huh? Now I know you say, well, you don't play the quarterback, you play the other team's defense. And defense is pretty solid. Sure they are. But you're Baker Mayfield. You want a big contract, you want to be paid. Right? So you want to talk about the injuries Baker has and what he's playing through? He's playing for a contract. He has to. He has to play. He has to push through. He's playing for a contract. But you only you only put up thirteen points. Hey 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 hey! Remember two weeks ago, y'all everyone swore up and down that the Browns were better off without OBJ. That Baker Mayfield was. Better without him, that Baker Mayfield was going to be balling out. Baker Mayfield was garbage yesterday. That's coming off of a loss. Like, yo, know, I said it. Baker Mayfield is average. Average. And I said, I said, Baker Mayfield is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I said it. That's it. I said it. Was it disrespectful? Sure, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure Ryan Fitzpatrick is like, yo, don't disrespect me. Don't make it seem like I'm the comparison when you want to say somebody's average. But that's that's what it is. So I told you I was going to go back and I was going to figure out Ryan Fitzpatrick's averages for a season. So Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't always a starter. He started about eight years. So I, I looked through his career numbers and the seasons that he, he started, 10 or more games. I used those seasons as, like, the marker. So there was eight of those, right? Listen to this. He averages, as a starter, 3,095 yards. That's what he'll average. If you start Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll get you about 3,000 yards passing for the year. 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, a QB rating of 82, and complete 61%. Right? That's what he'll average. That's like an average season. That's a normal season for Fitzpatrick. That's what he's going to give you if that's your starter. Right? Compare that to Baker Mayfield. I did that too. I took this year out. So I took the last three years. Right? Baker is averaging 3,705 yards. So he's going to give you 700 more yards than Fitzpatrick will. But that's still that same ballpark. Right? Right? That's not that crazy. Okay? He's going to average about 25 touchdowns. <gasps> that's only five more touchdowns than Fitzpatrick is going to get you. Now, listen, some people might say that's, that could be two, three wins. Sure, maybe. Maybe. He's going to throw 14 picks. It's only one less than Fitzpatrick. He's going to complete 62%. It's only one percentage point higher than Fitzpatrick. And he's going to have an 89 QB rating what those guys are so close so close he's so close his averages over the first three seasons of his career versus Fitzpatrick what Fitzpatrick will average versus what Baker Mayfield averages is so close to the same why 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 is there even a question of should we pay Baker now, I heard somebody say, I ain't going to say no names, but I heard somebody say, oh, you got to sign Baker because Baker totally turned around the Browns. Huh? Huh? Say that again? He turned it around? He, himself. He turned it around. Okay. Okay. Jarvis Landry coming had nothing to do with it. That is not good. He's not good. Uh, The running game has nothing to do with it. Nah, they're not good. No, they're not good. All the, the first-round draft picks on defense have nothing to do with it. Miles Garrett has nothing to do with it. Nah, nah nah nah, nah. Like, nah, nah, nah. No, it's Baker Mayfield. Again, it's so stupid. Why do we credit? Without Nick Chubb, that team's going nowhere. That team dep- That team needs the running game. They are desperate for the running game. That's what we know. They are desperate for the run game. They need it. Baker Mayfield needs that run game to play well. They won yesterday. Baker Mayfield was garbage. They scored 13 points and they won. The defense held it down. Now, again, they're going against a backup quarterback, so say whatever you say. But defense saved the day. Defense made sure it never got out of hand. You guys don't have to do much. We got this one today. And they won. But Baker Mayfield gets credit for turning the franchise around? Listen, Cleveland has had a huge, 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 disastrous run of bad quarterbacks that they've drafted. And they got one who's average now. He's average. And you wanna, you'll want you have to pay him between 45 and $35 million a year. Do you think Baker Mayfield's worth $36 million a year? That's who you want to pay $36 million to. Nah, you don't. You don't. There's no way you want to. And if you say, yes, I do, you're an idiot. (laughs) Because you essentially want to pay Ryan Fitzpatrick $36 million a year to be your quarterback. That's essentially what you're saying. Listen, the Browns, if you bring another good quarterback, another average quarterback in there, you're going to have the same results. But as a franchise, you shouldn't be settling on Baker Mayfield. He's shown you nothing. This now, his fourth year, he's shown you nothing to say, give this guy the check. Nothing. Nothing. If he does this with any other franchise other than the Browns who have a terrible track record at quarterback, if he plays this same way for any other franchise, no one's clamoring for him to get paid. He'd be gone. He'd be like, ah, this is over, right? We, This is over. Let's draft somebody else. You want to know how I know this? Because Jared Goff has better numbers in every single category, okay, over his career than Baker Mayfield. And they're ready to get rid of him in Detroit. They got rid of him in Los Angeles. They want to get rid of him in Detroit. There's people talking about, nah, I think he's done. And his numbers are better over his first three, four years than Baker Mayfield. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Nah, I'll answer it for you. I'm not crazy. I'm making a lot of sense. Think outside of, well, Cleveland has a bad track record with quarterbacks, and now they finally got one who's not bad, so, like, you have to keep them, right? Because otherwise you're going to go back in the draft and try to draft one it's a weak quarterback. Nah, 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 nah. Don't think that deep. Don't think that deep. Here's the options. You can either A, do your research. Do your work. Work. Say, listen, our, our number one objective, franchise quarterback. That's what we need. Find them. Whether that be through the draft, whether that be in free agency, whether that be a backup on somebody else's team, whatever it is. Yo, trade for Garoppolo. Trade for Garoppolo. That's what you do. <laughs> They're going to move on from Garoppolo because they got Trey Lance. They're trying to move forward in the future, whatever. He made a lot of money, whatever it is. Trade for him. That buys you two, three years. Okay? Then you see who's in the draft. I you know, I'm, I don't work for them. What am I? Why am I doing your work for you? Y'all figure it out. But what I'm saying is you don't spend all your money and get in and cap hell for Baker Mayfield. Let him hit the market and see what happens. Maybe he'll come running back because ain't nobody offering no money. So he going to come back and take a little less. Listen, I understand it's the NFL. I understand you're a quarterback and you deserve to get paid more another player. Sure. I'm not saying give him $5 million a year. 20? 25? Sure. Sure. That's solid. I'll give you $25 million as a quarterback. I'll be damned if I pay you $35. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. No. No. And that leads me to another guy making a lot of money. Dak Prescott so listen I picked the Cowboys to beat the Chiefs if you if you would ask me five seconds after I made that pick on the show I would have said nah Chiefs will beat the Cowboys (laughs) you know sometimes you'd be in a moment you'd be rolling you just go with your heart you know but when you think about it like nah I don't think so now the reason why we have to talk about Dak is Dak, over his career, has a miserable record against winning teams. Last year, they were 1-6 against teams that made the playoffs. And they were 7-2 and two against teams that didn't. <laughs> right? Nah, I'm lying. That wasn't last year. That was two years ago. Yo, hold on. I'm all mixed up. <laughs> I got my notes mixed up. Listen, the, the point is, Dak, over his career, has always played worse against the best competition he's played. He will feast. He will feast on all of the bad teams. Any team that they're playing that's bad, that's lesser, he'll feast on them. Put up the numbers. We're great. Against the good teams, though? Against Green Bay? against Tampa this year, against Kansas City this year. Come on, man. It's a struggle. Now, you could say week one he played great, blah, blah, blah. Sure, he put up some good numbers, but they lost. This team is not not beating. If you go into the game and you say, oh, it's a toss-up, or if you go into the game saying, ah, the other team's favorite, this is going to be a big test for them, they come up short. So as a fan, I have to ask myself, like, do I think the Cowboys are are really good or are they just beating a bunch of bad teams? What is it? Which one is it? I think it's somewhere in the middle. For whatever reason, it looks like they press a lot, like they 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 put a lot of pressure on themselves and these big games against these winning teams or playoff teams like the, the top the top of the league they put a lot of pressure on and it seems like they play a little tight. Come on man you had Cedric Wilson yesterday dropping passes like right in his hands like you don't never do that now I will say CD lamb didn't play the second half with a concussion right so that 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 made a big that was a big deal. Amari Cooper didn't play. That's that hurts. You got your top 2 receivers out. That's sad. Uh, that's a big deal. Right? But still, I thought the defense played well yesterday. I thought they did what they were supposed to. They did the best you could ask for. If the offense puts up any points, changes everything. That game was winnable. And too many mistakes. Too many drops. Too much hesitation from Prescott. It just. That was a game. You know what that was for me? That was a game. And I've seen this a lot from Dak. Where Dak needs to stop trying to be a quarterback and just play football. That was a play football game. And I saw about four or five moments in that game. Where Dak should have took off and ran the ball. Just make a pledge. Go. He should have. A couple moments, a couple sacks that he took where if he had just left the pocket and took off, it's a good game. Do like he did in college. In college, he was just playing football. He wasn't worried about being a pocket passer versus a running quarterback or dual threat. He was just playing football. Right? And that's what he needed to do. And and those games happen sometimes where you just gotta ball out. Like you just gotta play. Like forget. stay in the pocket, and I want to prove that I could. And it's like, no, bro, you ain't got to win the game. We need you to go out and do something different. We need you to go out and win, and you got to go out and win. And he didn't. And I've seen that too many times from Dak. And I just feel like Dak Prescott is good, but, like, if you're asking me, do I think he's going to win a Super Bowl? Is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? I can't answer that. As a fan, I can't answer that. Going into yesterday, I think a lot of people thought this is a Super Bowl-bound team. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. This is their year. They're playing great. And then you have a stinker, and you have to ask yourself, like, huh, what is happening? Thursday is going to say a lot for me. You got the Raiders coming into town. It's Thanksgiving. You guys have done this before. You guys have played on the short week before, going from Sunday and then playing on Thursday. You're at home. You don't have to travel. The other team has to travel. It's a Look, look the, the Raiders are not as good as the Cowboys. So this is a lesser team. But I was afraid to pick this game. I was afraid. Looking at it, like my heart tells me the Cowboys will win. Bounce back from the loss. My head tells me. I got a feeling the Raiders are going to win this game. After yesterday, Derek Carr in the press conference got a little animated, a little heated, right? And and kind of, I feel like, it's either going to take off or fall apart. Right? Let's speak on Derek Carr for a minute. I feel for him. I feel for him. The reality is, is as a quarterback, there's only so much you can do. Right? Even talking about Baker Mayfield, even talking about Dak Prescott, even talking about everybody. There's only but so much you can do. You do need the other guys to come with you. And and part of that is your responsibility of getting the other guys to come with you. But at the same time, like you still need the other things to go well. You're going to get the blame. You're going to get the credit. But so much around you has to work for you to work. And in my opinion, that's why Mac Jones is having the year he's having in comparison to Trevor Lawrence having the year he is. More around Mac Jones is working, less is working for Trevor Lawrence. Right? So Derek Carr was the talk of the town. And they start losing some games. He's obviously trying to carry things. He's obviously trying to push through Whatever negativity is happening there, and uh, the stuff around them just isn't isn't channeling that same thought. They're not all on the same wavelength. Of nah, we're not letting this happen. There's not a supreme focus. I think I think that's what part of his frustration is. I think another part of it is the way the media the media is treating him. The way they're talking about it, the way the fans are starting to say, we got to get rid of we need a new quarterback, we need a new quarterback. I saw Raider Honcho post, is it time to bench Derek Carr? Yikes. Look, man, you need stuff around you to go well. Now, hey, listen, Browns, Derek Carr might be available, bro. You might be time to say bye-bye to Baker. And hi-hi to Derek Carr. Ah, now see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying, Cleveland? (laughs) Let's move on, man. Let's move on. So I I called Utah beating Oregon on Saturday night. We're going to spend just one second on this. I just have to say one thing. Oregon was on the road against Utah at night on Saturday night. That I'm telling you, night games in college football are scary. If your team is playing a good team on the road at night, it's scary. It's a scary proposition in college football. I don't know what it is. I think it might just be these are kids. You're at home. There's more energy. You spent the whole day anticipating it. The fan base, you know, college football is like noon on Saturday. Like, we was just partying last night. We barely up. We go into the game, and we might get a little rowdy, but it's at night. I've been up all day. I slept in. I got up. I've been drinking. I've been partying. I'm rowdy. Like, the atmosphere is totally different for a night game. And you're Oregon, who, in my opinion, is good, not great. You're going up against Utah, who's also good, not great, but good. But you're on the road. For them, this is the biggest game of the year for them. For you, Eh, we beat Ohio State. Now, what's gonna happen? Logically, uh, Utah should be favored, and if one thing goes their way, game over, man, game over. You got no hope. You got no shot. And that's what happened. One thing went their way. The momentum started rolling. They started believing. They got a little cocky. They started being like, "We un, we unbeatable. We untouchable." Run back a, a kick. Psh, game over. At that point game was over. You could turn off the TV, it's over. When that kid ran back that punt, gee, over. Over. So I only I only brought it up to mention to you uh home games at night the pick whoever's playing at home unless they're clearly going against a better like week 1 Minnesota played Ohio State. Ohio State was better. You would you would favor Ohio State. Right? But if Ohio State is playing Georgia at home at night. I favor them. Whoever's home at night, favor them. <laughs> Let's talk about Ohio State. Because Ohio State was playing Michigan State, who was ranked number seven. And I said to you guys for weeks, for weeks I've been saying, number one, Michigan is not as good as they're ranked. Michigan's not a top ten team. They're not. And I said Michigan State not the 7th best team in the country. They're not. I said it when they were, what, number 3, number 4? I said they weren't the 4th best in the country. Y'all bug it. Right? And what happened? They go to Ohio State. That game's 49 nothing at half. It's 21 nothing at the end of the first. I think, here's, alright, let me, I gotta, I gotta tell y'all something. Let me, let me, let me share something with you that you might not have heard yet. Ohio State is really good. Ohio State has athletes everywhere, okay? You look at their receiving core. Bro, Chris Olave, first-round pick. Garrett Wilson, first-round pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he was eligible, first-round pick. They got Jeremy Rucker at tight end. Look, I told you, Jeremy Rucker is going to be a monster in the NFL. He happens to play at Ohio State. He don't get as many targets as he should. That guy's a beast. I'm telling you. They got Travion Henderson at running back. Animal. Number one. Number one in the country. Number one in the country coming out of high school. Number one. Ohio State has gotten the number one or two receiver in the country recruited for the last, like, four years in a row. They just keep coming. The receiving core is insane. And guess who they got throwing them the ball? C.J. Stroud. Come on. Heisman favorite. Listen. If this guy goes and does against Michigan, what I think he's going to do, give him the Heisman. Give it to him. You have to. It's his. It's his. Like, I you just for fun, I went back and I started looking up the comments and the criticism of him after the Oregon loss and after the uh, Tulsa win, but it was like a close win. It was closer than it should have been. And I looked at it and I said and I started reading through the comments to see how people were trashing him. They were trashing Ohio State. They were trashing the defense. They were trashing everything. Now listen. They switched defensive coordinators. They they got the young guy calling the plays now. That was big. Right? The way they were trashing Ryan Day, saying he wasn't ready, the way they were trash trashing CJ Stroud was insane. And I remember I came on here and I defended him for like three straight weeks. I kept saying, yo, y'all crazy. I reread a comment where this one guy said, yo, uh, I'm not saying CJ Shroud is bad or anything, but I just think the other guys deserve a chance to show what they could do. Like, what? What are you talking about? In what world do you live in where you have a starting quarterback, and then you just put in the backup and let them play a game and see how he does, and then put in the third string guy and see how he does? Like, what are you talking about? They solve all that in practice, bro. They solve all that in camp, and they figure out who's the best guy. That's our starter. And you go forward. You ride it out. Unless he does something absolutely atrocious, you ride it out. What are you talking about? And they were just saying, yeah, it's time to see somebody else. It's time to see somebody else. And I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. It brought me right back to the beginning of the year where I was defending this guy. And I felt like a lunatic. Like, what do you guys now look at him? Now look at him. The, yo, that throw he made to Chris Olave, the first touchdown, when he threw it all, a rope, was unreal. And then the second touchdown to Chris Olave in the back of the end zone, he dropped that thing right on the line. Bro, he dropped it in there so perfect. And the best part, the thing I love most about CJ Stroud is how effortlessly he throws the ball. I said this week one against Minnesota, and please go back and watch that game. He threw a ball in that game. When he throws it deep, if I if I kept if you kept the camera on CJ Stroud and he when he was throwing the ball deep, right? And after he released it, you said, How far do you think that's going? You would have no idea. You would think, ah, that's probably like a 10, 15 yard out. And then you you press play and you watch it and the ball goes seventy five yards. The guy effortlessly throws the ball. Effortlessly. He never looks like he's... Mu- you know, you see some guy... Sam Howell is like that at North Carolina. When he throws the ball, he looks like he's throwing the ball. Like, you could tell he's putting some mustard on it, right? If he's throwing it deep, he's putting his whole body into it. You know who else does that? Baker. <laughs> I'm going to stay on Baker. I'm going to stay on Baker Mayfield because he's average and they love him for no reason. Anyway, but he's one of those guys that look like he's got to put a lot of muscle into it. CJ Stroud just effortlessly throws it, man. Just flicks it. ah, And that thing just sails. That thing soars through the air, drops right in the bucket, and you're like, yo, how? How are you not, like, top three recruiting in the country? How is everybody not trying to, like, unreal talent? Unreal. What do I think is going to happen against Michigan this week? I think the same thing is going to happen that happened to Purdue. The same thing that happened to Michigan State. I think that's what's happening to Michigan. Look, here's the thing about the Big Ten. And anyone who, every single person, whether you're a fan of Ohio State or not, has to agree with this. You have to. You just have to. As a casual observer, you have to agree with this. No team in the Big Ten looks like Ohio State. They don't. The Big Ten looks like a bunch of strong, not really athletic, but just good, solid football players. And then you watch Ohio State, and they look like they look faster than everybody. They look quicker than everybody. They look like they just look different. They look different. Like, all right, so I was saying to my brother, Ohio State's going to beat Michigan by 40. Like, just by 40, at least. And they said, well, why you think that? Because he said, why you think Michigan's not number six in the country? And I say, because they got no juice. Now, what I mean by that is Michigan has no explosion. They've got no, like, explosiveness. Like, nothing. When they play, they play solid, sound football. That's what they do. They're not going to hit you for a 78-yard touchdown pass. It's not, they don't have it. They're going to drive up the field. They're going to eat some clock. They're going to run the ball. That's what they do. They, they don't have no explosive, you know, you're not going to see many drives in a year for Michigan that are three plays, 86 yards. Like, it's just not going to happen. They don't, ha- that's not what their talent allows them to do. They don't have those types of players. Now, if you look at Ohio State, that they could do that. So what happens is you have a team like Michigan who's got no juice, who has to methodically do everything. Well, what happens when you give up an opening drive touchdown? You're down 7-0. nothing. right, stick to the plan. We're driving. Ah, we stalled. We got to punt it. They go down and score. You're down 14 nothing now. Like, ah, man. Uh, stick to the plan. We still good. We still good. You got to punt it again. You know? They scored, t- you're down 21-0 now in the first quarter. 21-0. Your whole plan has to get scrapped. What do you think happened to Purdue? All right, whatever plan they had got thrown out the window when they got blitzed the way they did. Ohio State put up <laughs> quick scores and it's like, oh, snap. You fumbled a ball, we scored a touchdown, nah, game plan gone. What you going to do now? Now you have to rely on your athletes. Now you have to rely on your talent to go make some plays. Well, you don't have that talent to do that. That's not what your team is set up to do. What happened with Michigan State? Michigan State is also the same thing, a grinding team. You rely on your run game. You grind it out, right? If I go up 21-0, run the ball if you want to. Eat up all the clock. I don't care. You got to score three times and stop me all three times. If I score a field goal every time you score a touchdown, like if you're running the ball to do it, you're going to run out of time before you could catch me. I'm already up three touchdowns. And that's what happens. You have to scrap your game plan. And that's what happens every year to Michigan. When they play Ohio State, they try to grind it out. They try to do what they do. But Ohio State has the explosive players on both sides. Explosive defense, explosive offense. We're going to stop you. And we're going to score a touchdown. And now you have to think, do we stick with the plan or do we abandon it? And before you know it, you're down three scores. Well, we got to abandon the plan. Now now your running game, that, that vaunted running game you got, it don't matter no more. You can't use it. And if we know you're going to pass, well, now we could send the dogs because we got five, four or five-star recruits on the defensive line, on the defensive end. We got guys. So we going to send them, get the quarterback. We know you ain't running it. We're going to sit back in coverage, and you're not built to do that. You're not built to win that way. and that like that's what's going to happen. Now you're playing out of character. We're playing in character and I think the biggest thing that people don't understand. The here's the biggest thing that I think people don't understand. Ohio State. They spend the entire year preparing for Michigan. They watch every they watch game film on Michigan after every week and work on their game plan every single week. Ohio State wants to beat Michigan, I promise you. They want to beat Michigan more than Michigan wants to beat Ohio State even after beating them like 8 years in a row. They put that countdown as soon as that game is over, the clock restarts for next year. And every single day in practice, they have a period of practice where it's just preparation for for Michigan. No matter who they're playing. They could be playing Illinois, we're going to practice for two hours for the last 30 minutes. We're working on Michigan stuff. What? So the team with those athletes, those players, those NFL players, is going up against a team who's not as athletic, who's not as explosive, who doesn't have as many five-star bodies on it, who doesn't have NFL players on its We're taking our athletes who are better than yours and we also prepare for you harder than you can possibly prepare for me. And you think that game's ever going to be close? Nah. Nah. Michigan needs things to work out a certain way. Ohio State can beat you grinding it out with the run. They could beat you throwing it over the top. Like, what are you going to do? They can't present anything to Ohio State that Ohio State can say, we can't play this way. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. And that's why I feel like the same thing is going to happen. Ohio State is different. Ohio State doesn't build its roster to beat Michigan or to beat Illinois. They build their roster to beat any team in the country. See, what Urban Meyer did when he came in, Urban Meyer came in, and, and when he was at Florida, he had to build a roster to be able to compete in the SEC. Those are the big boys. They're dominating college football even now. Okay? He brought that attitude to Ohio State to say, listen, if we build a team to beat and compete with Alabama, the best team in the country, number one recruiting class every single year, if we compete with them, Michigan can't touch us. The Big Ten can't touch us. We're going to be so far ahead of them. They can't. It don't matter. We don't have to prep for them. We don't have to prep to stop them because we're equipped to stop way above them. Everyone else in the Big Ten is trying to catch and beat ohio state now look hey fans i know i'm talking crazy listen this never happens i never do this every single year i come in and i say oh man at some point and you know i say this all the time at some point the bill comes due at some point it's sports michigan is going to beat ohio state at some point from now until the day i die Michigan's not going to lose to Ohio State every single time. There's going to come a year where they get a dub. It's just not this year. <laughs> and if it happens to be this year, if the universe looks at me and says, "Yo, you're talking so much trash. Oh, God, I hope not. But if it is, y'all could blame it on me. Y'all could blame it on me. That's fine. I'll take the blame. I'll take the rap. I'll come in here next week, and I will take all the blame if if Michigan beats Ohio State. I don't see it happening. I just think talent-wise, skill-wise, they just don't present enough. And I think Ohio State is going to slaughter. And you know the best part? You know the best part? Ryan Day, he ain't going to put in the backups. He's going to keep scoring points. The thing I love about it is Ryan Day wants to score 100 against Michigan. He, want, he would love nothing more than to beat Michigan 100-0. to zero. And if they had 100 with two minutes left in the ball, he would try to score another one. <laughs> I love that. And that's why I'm confidently saying I think they win and I think they win big. Because they want to. Because they're not sitting back thinking, ah, we always beat them. No, 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 no. We could do that as fans. But as the team, as the roster, as the coaching staff, they are taking this dead serious. I love it. Look man, last thing I want to touch on, I got a little uh I got a little pushback for my uh for my my take on Dwight Howard. And I said he didn't deserve to be on the list. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but uh a former player came out or maybe a current player, I don't remember. Uh he said like, "Oh, Anthony Davis retired right now, would you say his career was better than Dwight Howard?" And if you say no, then Dwight Howard should be on the list above Anthony Davis. And I said, I don't agree with that because I think Anthony Davis is far superior as a basketball player than Dwight Howard. Like, Dwight Howard can't consistently shoot a three. Dwight Howard has no handle. Dwight Howard is having a tough time scoring outside of the paint. So offensively, it's not even close. Anthony Davis is a far superior basketball player. So if I'm saying, is he better than Anthony Davis? No. So that brought up me hearing, well, that run he had in Orlando. Like those years, we can't forget about those. Oh, you mean those like three years? Okay. Then then you hear the famous, he carried that Orlando team to the finals. And I always say, no way, bro. That team was good. That was a good team. It wasn't Dwight Howard and a bunch of nobodies. So I looked. I did something I never do. Something I never do. I I used LeBron James. (laughs) I was trying to prove my point by looking up LeBron James, and giving him credit, and saying LeBron did carry the 2007 Cavs to the finals. He did. Because he was averaging 25 points a game, the next guy was at 11. Bro that's not a lot of help. If that's your third or fourth score getting 11 a game sure that's that's good that's solid. but who your number two is only giving your second highest score on the team is getting 11 points a game nah bro that's not that's that's you you're you're carrying the load you're carrying the load. So let's define what carrying is. Dwight Howard was without doubt the best player on the team, right? He was the centerpiece of the team, okay? All right, so look at the... I went and I looked up the numbers for for the 2008-2009 Orlando Magic team, which went to the finals, and I looked up the numbers. Dwight Howard, that season, okay, was averaging 21 points a game. Hidu Turgaloo was averaging 17, Rashard Lewis was averaging 18, Jameer Nelson was averaging 17. I'm sorry, what? Did y'all hear me? Did y'all hear me? The team that he carried to the finals had three other guys who averaged 17, 18, and 17. That's in your starting five. You got four guys, four of your starting five are averaging 17, 18, and 17. Bro, that's, bro, bro, come on, man, come on. That Like, that's that's help. That's, I ain't, yo, LeBron fans, what, what was the last team LeBron was on where he had three guys in his starting five that were averaging 17 points? How many championships do you think LeBron would have if he had three other guys averaging 17 points? All right. On that team, you also had uh, Gortat, backup center. He was a starter in the NBA for. Come on, that's a solid player. Coming off the bench, you had JJ Reddick coming off the bench. You had Michael Petras coming off the bench. That's a good basketball team. I don't care who you are. Would you say you could say Dwight Howard carried it? Sure, he's the centerpiece. Fine. But that's a good basketball team. Oh, you're right. Those are regular season numbers, right? What happened in the playoffs? Okay, in the playoffs, Dwight Howard averaged 20 points a game. Rashard Lewis? Rashard Lewis averaged 19. Turgaloo averaged 16. Rafer Austin, who, had, who got forced into starting duty, was averaging 12. Michael Petrus was getting you 11 off the bench. So so let me get this right. Uh, I carried a team when, again, my co-star was averaging one less point than me. And then we had a third guy who was putting up 16. And then we had a fourth guy who wasn't even supposed to start, was able to put up 12 consistently. And then we had a guy coming off the bench getting 11. And then we still had Gortat coming off the bench so I could take a breather every once in a while, and he was a really solid option at center who became a starter in the NBA and was good. And then we also had J.J. Reddick coming off the bench who was shooting 92% from the from the free throw line, like who was hitting threes. Now, he was averaging six points a game, so it's like, all right, that's nothing crazy. But when you look at the bench scoring in totality, they were getting a lot of points from the bench, bro. Look it up. So when you say he carried them, what are you talking about? His two co-stars had 19 and 16. What did you carry? You averaged 20. You were o- You were almost. You were a, a, a sliver away from being the second leading scorer. Like, you were almost the second leading scorer. And you're going to tell me that he carried them? Y'all need to define what carrying is. I know we want to look at that Magic team as if they were bad. But, yo, that's a good role. If I told you, you got Hidu Turkoglu. Rashard Lewis, Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson, Gratak coming off the bench, J.J. Reddick coming off the bench, Michael Peters coming off the bench. That's a good basketball team. That's a good basketball team. Listen, y'all are right when you talk about the 2007 Cavs. It was a bad team. (laughs) I might jokingly try to argue that, no, they had some good players. That was a bad team. This is not a bad team. You guys might not think Turkgaloo is any good you guys might not you might not remember him as being good he's a really good player. you might not remember Michael Pes being good because when he had to become a starter and when he went somewhere else it wasn't quite the same like in that position for that franchise what they were asking him to do come on man he did exactly what he needed to do played really tough defense got you 11 points a game off the bench. Come on now. Rafer Alston, who is your backup point guard, who got forced into duty because Nelson got hurt, is giving you 12 a game. Come on, man. Rashard Lewis, like 19 a game? My centerpiece, my guy who's responsible for carrying the franchise is getting 20, and you're the co-star getting 19? Come on, man. Just think about it is all I'm saying. So what is carrying? Did he carry that team? In my opinion, no. He didn't. No. Wasn't even his best statistical year. Look, that season, he didn't even put up his best numbers. And they got to the finals. Why? Because the team was good. Not because Dwight Howard was playing on another level. No, 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 no. That team was good. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to point to a single year and say this is why Dwight Howard deserves to be on the list. Look, I don't think he does, but I'm not mad if he is. Like, I wouldn't be having this conversation and be talking about Dwight Howard shouldn't be on it. Get him off the list. I wouldn't be saying that if he was on it. But don't make it seem like he didn't make it because of politics or he didn't make it because they're just hating on him because of what he's done in the last couple of years or because Kobe Bryant called him out and ever since then nobody respects him. No, no. He didn't make it because basketball-wise, he's not one of the 75 best basketball players of all time. He's an in-shape Eddie Curry. (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) I'm just playing. But he's not one of the best. Uh, He's not one of the 75 best of all time. I don't think so. I think when it's all said and done, Anthony Davis will have a better career than Dwight Howard. Um I so I I look at that that is like you have to have some current players and you have to kind of project. And projecting, he definitely projects better than Dwight Howard because if they were coming out of college, well Dwight Howard came out of high school. When they if you were able to draft, who would you take? A prime Dwight Howard or a prime Anthony Davis? I don't even like Anthony Davis and that's not a hard choice for me. That's the point hey look man that's my time i told you i wasn't gonna keep you too long today it's a holiday week it's uh listen ohio state fans rejoice man this is this is the week we beat michigan it's finally here it's like early christmas <laughs> listen man my picks for the week i got ohio state trouncing michigan i'm calling it. they're gonna win by uh, I'm, I'm gonna stick with 40 i'm gonna say they're gonna win by 40 Listen if they lose, listen if I've cursed us, if I've doomed us all, put the blame on me, I'll take it. I got big enough shoulders to carry it. I got uh, I got Oklahoma actually beating Oklahoma State. I think there's a lot of hype around Oklahoma State right now. I think a lot of people were starting to jump on that bandwagon. Oklahoma, they have the laws. They kind of seem like, eh, like I said, playing with fire. They're going to be looked at as, as, as the underdog a little bit. I got Oklahoma winning that game. I think it's a rivalry game. I think it's on the road. I think they want to send a message. I think they want to prove something. I think their focus is going to be better. I'm speaking really fast. I don't know why, but I got Oklahoma winning. <laughs> In the NFL, I got the Colts beating the Buccaneers. I think the Colts are kind of surging a little bit I think they kind of figured some things out They kind of figured out their identity I think the Buccaneers I think they're just getting ready for the playoffs, man I think they just want that, that title run again I think they're kind of over the regular season thing They got a lot of older players That happens sometimes And uh, uh, against, uh, against my better judgment Going against my head Picking with strictly my heart I'm taking the Cowboys to bounce back and beat the Raiders I'm going to just put a caveat on that asterisk. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders won. Those are my picks for the week. Look, man, Look, man. Uh, I hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. Uh, be safe out there. Listen, if you're going to go out for Black Friday, do some shopping. Look, protect your neck. You know what I'm saying? Head on a swivel, baby. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, if this was your first time, I hope you got something out of it. I hope you uh, come back again next week. We do this every single week on Thursday. We'll be back um, so thanks for listening, Cyber family. Love you. Everybody else, follow me on Instagram at the John Farris. I'll see y'all next week. God bless.